Hello, I'm Morgan Freeman, and welcome to Wewa. Enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome to Wewa, the pod where me, Phil, and he, Ben, ask each other, what are you watching? And we try to give you brief look-ins, not super deep, at shows that are currently going, have been going, movies we like, stuff we've been watching over the last week to see if you would want to add them to your watch list. Does that sound like a good wrap-up? Good trailer? Love it. You like that idea? I love it. Cool. Well, Ben, hello. Good morning. This is the first morning. morning pod we've done. Yeah, I don't know if we ever have before. Feeling a little bit off, but you know. It's it, it's unsettling <laughs> to see you in the daylight. It's I, unsettling <laughs> to see the daylight. Well, we usually record these pods in like pitch dark, so it's uh this is weird to see your face. But how are you today? I'm great. I've uh I've got some great stuff built up to talk about here. Um, yeah, you want to get to it? What'd you bring to the table? Oh, he's just going right into it. Yeah, let's put some let's put some shows and movies in this hat. Ah yes. Well, the first one I have for the hat is a little movie called Creed. And the second one is another little movie called Escape to Victory, also known as Victory. Is that the full title? Like Escape to Victory? There are like two different titles. I believe it was just called Escape to Victory when it came out, and now it's called Victory. Or the other way around, versa vice, vice versa. Interesting. That's not the most interesting thing about the movie, but we'll get to that. What do you have today? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so I've been getting on top of the the new streaming movies that have been coming out. <clears throat> it has been a couple weeks since we, we recorded, so I do I did watch The Gray Man, or Gray okay. Man, I don't remember. Uh, I watched the new Hulu movie Not Okay with Zoe Dutch, mm-hmm. and I watched a movie that you told me to watch on the podcast that I hadn't seen before, the Tyler Sheridan Wind River uh, movie and so I, I got to that and then I also have been watching the new Netflix series The Sandman that's quite a load along with continuing to watch Shameless when I thought I was going to quit after season three and <laughs> but I'm you well, just can't I'm well into season six you just can't <laughs> can't give it up I can't quit well you've got more on your plate than I do today so let's start with you Okay, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's get Wind River out of the way. Since Wind River? We've both seen that. Yeah, so you finally took the plunge into yeah, the river. It actually, so it's been a few weeks since we recorded that pod, but I actually did watch it like a day or two after you 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 sold it to me and uh, really, really enjoyed it. It was, what was it, about an hour 40? Yeah, it's, it's nice and tight. Of just a straight sprint. It mm-hmm. was, not a single scene was like, could have done without. It was... It was a lot of fun. It built like real genuine suspense. Um, we had a great John Barenthal cameo, and I'm really used to those right now because he recently had a cameo on this show called The Bear. And Never uh, heard of it. Thought, thought, so it, that was great. Uh, we made it, what, two minutes that. into the episode before The Bear got brought up? It's well, a new record. New record? New record for <laughs> season four. Um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was really challenging at certain points too because this is like, from a lot of things we understand, like this is how these kind of reservations get treated mm-hmm. a lot of the ways, like afterthoughts, not that important um, in in the eyes of like law, law enforcement and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for a directorial debut, couldn't couldn't have been better from from Tyler Sheridan. Yeah, I, Taylor I, Sheridan. 
I think it's Tyler. I like how you said not a lot of space wasted. Um, it's not fast moving in the sense that it's like really intense and action packed. Like the story is kind of like slow and plotting, but it's just a well made mystery plot that doesn't waste any time. Um, also, when you did it, you said you know Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner, and then you won't know anyone else. Mm-hmm. I recognize some actors. I'm sure you did. I I'm recognize sure did. some. So his his wife, girlfriend, ex wife, ex wife, ex wife, um, was played by Julia Jones. She was uh, in Dexter New Blood, the oh, new the okay. the most recent season of Dexter, like the the new one they did. She played Dexter's girlfriend in that season, and uh, the victim's dad. I um, the victim's dad was the dad in Twilight. Who's, I th- okay. Who yeah. was in a wheelchair? I think I've never actually seen Twilight, but I think I've never seen Twilight. That. Yeah, man, I gotta read. Stunning revelations this. here. <laughs> we'll have to do a we'll have to do a breakdown on each Twilight oh, movie. Oh no! <laughs> Just How so about I, I review each of the Twilight movies without having actually watched any of them? I like that idea. Okay, that that'd it. probably be more fun. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, we, we pretty much, we covered Wind River pretty well. I don't know if there's anything else. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed it. Nice little character, character piece with a couple of really good actors. Just Renner and Olsen were awesome. Yeah. Um, and I highly recommend it. Not very often do I finish a movie and immediately want to watch it again. Yes. Yeah. I, I recently had that with my first movie actually. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you want to get into that movie? Let's do it. Are we doing Creed, I take it? It's Creed. All right. Uh, Very few times do I, even if I love a movie, usually it's not a thing where I'll want to just like rewatch it right away. Like it does what it's supposed to do and like it's satisfying, but you don't have that itch to like start it over again. Creed was like that on so many different levels. Um, This movie's fantastic. I can't really, I can't believe I haven't seen it until now. Yeah, that was, that was a shock. Um, I guess where I come from with the Rocky movies, though, is like I'm obviously familiar with them. I like, know what they are. I've seen most of them in pieces at some point. I just don't really have memories of sitting down and watching them all the way through. I just kind of more have an understanding of what they are and how important they are. But Creed worked on its own as its own movie. Um, and then I've heard it like plays really well and does a lot of um, honor to the original like Rocky story and the characters. Um, but Sylvester Stallone and Michael B are just fantastic. They've got great chemistry. Um, it's also works really well on like a technical level. It's like really visually well done. The, um, the first major fight that they have is like one take basically. Mm -hmm. And the, just like the production value is unbelievable. Um, and then aside from all of that, the story is just really well done and uh, it, it, uh, more emotional um, than you think it would be uh, with uh, Adonis Creed kind of wanting to live up to his father's legacy, but wanting to do it completely detached from him. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of an interesting direction to come from. And then Rocky teaching him that uh, his biggest competition is himself and and not the outside world. Um, all that just like it all strung all these different parts together so well. Um and it, it was exciting. It was well done. It was emotional. It was all that. And I haven't watched it again, but it's the closest I've ever come to just nice. rewatching a movie right away. <laughs> nice. So I, I love the Rocky movies. Like one through four are, I'll, I'll watch them all the way through. 
um, probably once every couple years. Uh, Rocky Four, I have the monologue or like the montage song like memorized, and I'll just like <laughs> sing it all the time. I listen to it when I, I work must out. I break even. you. And so when when Creed got uh, announced and and whatnot, I was. I was excited. I mean, it was Michael B. Jordan. Stallone was coming back. So I had high hopes and I saw it in the theaters and, and it did not disappoint. It's honestly, it, it's become my favorite Rocky movie mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense. Um, <clears throat> it's, I think it's the best performance Stallone has ever done on screen. And uh, it was kind of Ryan Coogler's like introduction to like yeah. mainstream because he, he had done some, some very powerful uh, smaller, smaller films like Fruitvale Station with, with Michael B. Jordan before this. Um, but he he wrote, conceived, directed all the first Creed, um, and uh, so it was kind of his introduction to being like really famous. And then he ended up doing the Black Panther movie, mm-hmm. and he's doing the new Black Panther movie as well, which um, we recently got a new trailer for. Which we did, yeah. And uh, since last time we talked, that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, Ryan Coogler uh, is one of the most talented people in the business, in my opinion. And um, Creed was his introduction to a lot of people, including myself. So. Uh, I haven't ended. I actually haven't seen the second Creed yet. I have. I have not either. Ryan, from from what I remember, Ryan Coogler had very little to do with it. So mm-hmm. it kind of like I wasn't very excited for it when I found that out. And then the reviews on it weren't very good to start. So I just never yeah. kind of got to it. But I sh- I probably should, but haven't haven't yet. Yeah, it's interesting with uh, how Creed was received. Just going straight off by ratings, it was one of those like mid nineties on Rotten Tomatoes. Like pretty much everyone. Loved it. Only a 7.6 on IMDb, which I'm a little bit surprised by, honestly. But For the audience score? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that could be... Um, that could be a lot of just, like, Rocky truthers, like, trying to downgrade it because they think Rocky 2 is, like, the greatest movie ever. Even if Rocky 2 is the greatest movie ever, Sylvester Stallone is great as Rocky in this movie. True, yeah. And, it, like, he's passing on the legacy. I don't... I don't get it. I, yeah, I, I don't I, get it. Seven point two is a is a vast 7. undersell. Seven point six is a still, big undersell. Yeah, I would expect like mid eights, but you know, IMDb can be weird like that. But well, yeah, th- this immediately vaulted into. I'm like, that is one of the best sports movies I've ever. It's a top seen, five sports sure. movie all yeah. time. Yeah, and that's that's hard to do because my top sports movies are pretty locked in. And it's a good, like, like, it's a yeah. big category for Fr- us. Friday Night Lights and and Hoosiers. And I guess I'd say Karate Kid to a certain extent are in that tier that's pretty much immovable. Mm-hmm. But this is like right behind that, I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I I think it has to be in that mm-hmm. in that top tier. Karate Kid a little bit different because I don't look at that as just a sports movie. That's kind no, of its that's own more thing. of a lifestyle. And, and, yes, <laughs> as some who listen to us might know. But enough about Adonis. Let's go to your next pick. Well, so on the on that note, we've we've talked about two Marvel actors, and now we've talked about um, well, a Marvel director, and then we just talked about Karate Kid. So why don't we talk about some drops, trailers, and and uh, season picks? Let's do it. Um, all right. So we we did get a lot of trailers. We've had a lot of content for the new She Hulk come out, um, the new Andor series. Uh, what else? The Black Panther trailer. And then um, we've gotten some set pictures from Cobra Kai Season 5, which comes out in about a month, I think. I have not seen any of this except the Black Panther trailer, so. Okay, okay. Um, well, Black Panther 2, that trailer, is the best trailer Marvel's ever come out with. 
It was, it was pretty goosebumpy. It was fantastic. With revealing absolutely nothing about what's going to mm-hmm. happen. I mean, they do reveal that there will be a Black Panther, but like we the, don't know who the shot of it is so is shot in such a way that you can't really tell what the body type is. Like, mm-hmm. is this a woman? Is this a man? Is like, who is this? We were, we were joking the other day. Um, what if they just recast Black Panther as Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> Just don't even say anything. Just act like nothing's wrong. We we both separately had that thought and were too scared to say it. <laughs> it's like, is it sacrilegious? <laughs> I think that uh, Killmonger was the best piece of Black Panther. Easily the best Marvel villain. And kind of too bad that he was just isolated to one movie because it was... Maybe that's just a personal mm-hmm. opinion, but I'm I, all in on that. I, I agree. I personally was really upset that they killed him in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been much better served to have had like a redemption arc and to have like ended up dying in like infinity war yeah, and like saving a bunch of lives during like the siege on Wakanda, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that would have played a lot better and it's Michael B. Jordan. It's like, right. Why kill him when you could potentially just bring him into more movies? Cause exactly. he's, a, he's a huge movie star, but yeah, I totally agree with you on that front. Um, uh, other trailer we got, we've gotten a lot of stuff for She-Hulk. I think that comes out soon. I'm I'm not really like waiting by the the phone waiting for for them. You're, to you're call, not refreshing your feed over and over. <laughs> no, I, I'll probably check it out, uh, especially since like Charlie Cox's Daredevil is going to be in it, and he's getting his own show too, and it's going to be huge. And so you know, just for like the seeing what they're doing with that character, I'll be I'll be very interested. And um, but. In the the actress, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but the actress who's playing the She Hulk character was from Parks or not Parks and Rec, uh, Arrested Development, and I think she's very funny. And it looks like they're going to be breaking the fourth wall, which always catches my interest a little bit to see how they handle that. Um, so I'll I'll check it out. I don't know, probably not a not a weekly appointment viewing for no. me though. What what I did with Hawkeye was just too much fun. Just wait till way after it's out and everyone's done talking about it and then go just take a day and watch it all the way through and get it over with. Just rip the Band-Aid off? Yeah. I like that. That was the best way I've ever watched a Marvel series. Like, <laughs> I respect it. Nine episodes in like a day and a half. I'm like, this I, is fine. I honestly wish I had done that with like Captain America Winter Soldier. That was That was much better though. Not, I mean, Hawkeye mm-hmm. was fine, but Winter Soldier and, and like WandaVision were really, really good in their yeah. own way. And I'm, I'm glad I watched those slower. But, um, but okay, so last thing I had was just the, the set pictures and some hype being built for Cobra Kai. Have I you seen no, any of these? I know nothing these? about this I, I, don't, I don't have any of them pulled up or anything. There, there was mainly just one that I wanted to touch on. Um, they gave us one set picture that was Cobra Kai, like, or not, it was Miyagi-Do. And it was all the Miyagi-Doers, like Hawk and Miguel and whatnot. Or Miguel wasn't there, sorry. Um, actually, I think he was. So Miguel, so, so Miguel comes back, I guess. And, oh, then Rob, and then Robbie was with them, too. Well, that, it was kind of heading in that direction. But, but like, it's like, okay, why did you give this to us in a set picture? Like, why don't you just let that play out in the show? And like, why It probably did- happens super early, I'm guessing. I'm going to guess that the whole Mexico adventure thing boils over within the first two episodes. Okay. Yeah. Or it could be even one of those, like the first episode is like Miguel's back. Like, you know, it could just be like all off screen. Like, yeah, but I don't know. I'm really interested in what, what happens on there. So I hope they don't, I hope they give us at least two episodes of Miguel searching for his dad. Um, so I'm actually, I think I'm going to start my, my rewatch here in the next day or two. 
So that, yeah, uh, it's, it's not that long till we get more Cobra mm-hmm. Kai, which I, seems crazy. I have watched all four seasons within like two weeks before, so like I can knock yeah. that binge oh, you, out quick. You can plow through these. Yeah, I watched all of season four in like a day, so <laughs> it's possible. It's it's doable. <laughs> um, you just find a an empty Saturday on the calendar. You plop down at eight a.m. and you you don't get up till you watch all of Hawkeye. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so I think that was all I had trailer-wise that I felt the need to talk about. There are a lot of big movies coming out over the the next few months, but we'll get to those as they come out. So, cool. What do you got next? I have a 1981 movie oh. called Victory. I'll just call it Victory, even though it seems okay. to also be called Escape to Victory. Uh, I had seen this a long, long time ago, and I was just curious and randomly thought of it, so I watched it again. Um, it is about, it's set in World War II with a German, con- like uh, a German prisoner of war camp. And there are these soldiers there, Americans and uh, pretty much just allied forces. And they all play soccer. And oh. um, Michael Caine is sort of the lead. Sylvester Stallone is in it as well. But okay. Michael Caine was, he was like a legit really good player in the Premier League. And then like everyone, of course, is just in the military at this point because it's World War II. Wait, it's Michael Caine's character? His character is, Okay, yes. like Michael Caine wasn't actually a soccer player. No, like, no, I'm no, sure no, he no. Soccer. He, plays, um, he plays a character who used to play for West Ham United. I was like, you were, you were saying that, and I was like, I, I didn't know that about Michael Caine. That makes him so much cooler. No. Um, <laughs> He's already pretty cool. And, and he and... Uh, some of the other like allied troops like used to be legit players. And so they like, have their own league and the Germans start to notice. And the Germans think that it would be a great opportunity to stage a big propaganda piece where we'll play our in shape competitive national team against this collection of all the best allied players who have been prisoners of war for like a year because mm-hmm. they're not in shape and everything. Mm-hmm. And that we put it in this big stadium and put it on the radio and bring a bunch of people in and show us beating all of these allied players. Um, and Michael Caine convinces him to let him like bring in all of the different players in different camps, like all around Europe. So all the best European players pretty much um, get brought into this one barracks and they live together and train together and the Germans let him build up a team. And while they're doing this, Sylvester Stallone who is the only American, he's like trying to escape. And he sees this soccer team as the best chance to escape because like they're getting brought out to a different stadium and they have more access and everything. Um, And basically what it boils down to is they have this, they have the game in Paris and they bring like the, all the Parisians come and watch and they, it's occupied Paris. So they're like rooting for the allies, obviously. And um, their goal is to escape at halftime of the game. They have this plan where, like, the resistance tunnels under their locker room and breaks in, and um, they can, like, escape during halftime. The thing is, they... I'm kind of spoiling it, but, you know, this is only, like, halfway through the movie. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, like, they don't expect to be competitive at all, but they're, like, actually hanging with this German team. Okay. And so they have a chance to escape or stay and finish the game. And, like, some of them want to escape, and some of them are, like, it's so a way bigger deal if us as these allied prisoners of war beat the stinking German national team uh-huh. in front of everyone. That's a bigger victory than us sure. escaping. So they have to decide um, 
what they're going to do. But I won't spoil what happens after that. Yeah, kind of like a Jesse Owens like winning the 100 meter in front yeah, of in yeah, front of Hitler exactly. type thing. Um, and what's interesting about this movie is the cast of players. They're all legit professional players from the time, from okay. the 80s. Pele is in it. Oh, wow. Um, and he's, he's actually, he's one of the more entertaining parts. He's he's really fun. Um, so like the soccer action is really, really authentic. Okay. And um, that's always nice when the, the actual sport yeah. ball playing is sport ball playing is uh, yes. is really good. Yeah, they put a, most of the F like Sylvester Stallone and Michael Caine are great actors and they kind of carry it. And then the rest of them, they just make it as authentic of soccer action as you can. And just a, a really, uh, really unique movie. I'd love to see them try to make something like this today. Um, but not the greatest thing you've ever seen. But well, I guess that's kind of the uh, the modern day equivalent would kind of be hustle, wouldn't it? You know, I wanted to talk about that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> this is like random movie. Not obviously the stakes are not nearly that high, but no. just like <clears throat> an example of a movie where it's like it's a basketball movie and there's a bunch of NBA players in right. it. You know, that was insane. The list of people who were in that when they're showing the credits and it's just like dozens and dozens of famous people. True. Yeah. But yeah, if you're at all interested in soccer, which I am getting a mildly budding interest in, all right. um, this is a good you a Chelsea a good man. Watch. Definitely not. No, um, Howie the Lats. Good for you. <laughs> um, what? Where'd you watch this on? Where can people uh, go just, watch I just it? I rented it on Amazon, but oh, we gotta pay for it. Ben? It was a cheaper rent though. It's like one ninety nine. Okay, so. that's not too bad. How long is it? Oh, like hour 40. Oh, that's not too not bad. Not too bad, yeah. It's not a huge investment. So is Sylvester Stallone's like plot kind of just like this like fun little B plot underneath it? He, he's actually kind of the driver because the game's not as important to him. He's just try, he's trying to use it to escape, and he's going to all this effort to get out because he's kind of like the defiant, bold one. And mm-hmm. Is he good at soccer? No. Oh, Okay. He, he's like he's like the dirty player. He like play he's played the whole time, but he's like really dirty and cheap and goes and like knocks people over and they're like you can't do that. Like get out of here. <laughs> well, alrighty. Yeah. Is it my turn? It's your turn. All right. How about we talk about not okay? I am not okay with not talking about Okay, that. Ben. Uh, so I watched the new Zoe Dutch movie. I'm a big I'm a I'm a relatively big Zoe Dutch. Uh, fan. Uh, she's got a lot of Anna Kendrick energy to her. Um, I think they're around the same age, though, so that's maybe not fair. But um, this movie is about a woman who, she's a photo editor at a big, like, tabloid, basically. Like, think of, like, BuzzFeed, I guess, is kind of the, the best comparison I could think of. And she wants to be a journalist and whatnot. And um, there's a character she works with who's played by Dylan O'Brien who is absolutely hilarious in this movie, who's a big social media influencer and he's famous and she has a huge crush on him. And she kind of gets herself caught in a lie about going to Paris to seem cool. And then she's like editing photos so it looks like she's in Paris and she's there for like a journalist convention, like a writing expo. And then while she's supposedly in Paris, uh, this terrorist, a terrorist uh, attack happens and where she was posting pictures from is like was bombed basically and so everyone who loves her in her life her parents like her friends like you know they start like reaching out like what's going on what's going on are you okay and like she didn't know what to do and so she just keeps getting like caught in this lie a little bit and she goes to the airport and like hops in line with the people returning from Paris 
and like gets treated like she's this hero and then and whatnot and she's caught in this lie she pretends she's basically pretending to have ptsd and uses it to like kickstart her writing career and it, it moves her along and um insanity ensues essentially um but i i really did enjoy it it was uh it was i think it was about an hour 45 so it wasn't it wasn't too it was probably a little too long but i i enjoyed what they kept in for the most part and it was a really fun performance from from zoe dutch and dylan o'brien but then the main standout was actually the the younger girl who takes who takes the lead played by mia isaac she was absolutely phenomenal in this movie and this movie honestly does not work if her character uh isn't isn't just top notch and and she really brought it and and pulled this movie together i think so it's a it's an interesting film where like the themes and the, the basic the themes that take kind of the background to give other characters meaning are a lot heavier than what the main character is dealing with but it kind of works because it's kind of like this take on like how social media can like ruin you in this sense and like can get you caught in these lies and just like trying to portray a life that isn't yours can really can really kind of screw things up obviously that's not as big of a theme as like ptsd and school shootings and terrorist attacks but i think they handled it really well actually yeah i am interested in this type of new genre of like the social media dystopia. Mm-hmm. Like let's take something, let's take, make an extreme situation. Like what is the very worst thing that could happen with all of this? Um, I like Ingrid goes West, the social dilemma, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, it's like scary and disturbing on one hand, but also it's like morbidly curious about it. It's like, where are we actually going? And even if it's not super realistic, um, it's interesting stuff to explore for yeah. sure. So I, I think I am going to give this a watch. I had seen the trailer for it. I think I'm glad you brought it up. If you like, Ingr- if you like Ingrid Goes West, I think that movie's maybe a little more keyed in towards you. But if you like that, you'll like this. Same type of thing. Um, I think this movie is just as good as that movie. Okay, I'd believe it. Like I'd, yeah. I'd give it the same score. Cool. Just in in different ways, you know. Um, and uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um. Zoe Dutch made another decent movie that I enjoyed. Good for her. Nice. You got anything else? I am at the bottom of the well here. Well, I have one more show that we should talk about then. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm only five episodes into this show. I think there's double-digit episodes. I don't know how many, but it's called The Sandman. The Sandman. And it's like the newest kind of big Netflix drop that's come out. This big fantasy story kind of thing it was based on a comic book and you can really tell because the art style and whatnot is absolutely stunning this the show is absolutely beautiful the cgi is top notch it it honestly looks better than any marvel show that's come out on disney plus like Hmm. the, the the cgi is top tier and uh i'm only about five episodes into it um it gets a tad violent at times just a warning, but uh, it's the story of the Sandman, who is the god of dreams, essentially, and 
he ends up getting captured by a wizard or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Some wizard. And uh, he's basically in captured for like a hundred years. And this really screws up the world because people get caught in comas. They can't sleep well. They have bad dreams. They have nightmares, like all this stuff. Cause the God of dreams is gone. And when he escapes like his world, like his home, the, the dream world has been like basically destroyed cause he's been gone for so long. And the humans that captured him stole his his tools. He has three tools that help aid his powers. And the story is basically the show is basically the story of how he got caught and escaped, and then him going out to to re- retrieve his tools. And uh, the people who have these tools might not have the most well intentioned uh, motivations to use these tools. So it's a uh, it's it's quite the uh, the battle because basically the the protagonist of the show is this god being Sandman who cares about humans to a degree but not in like a real way like just in kind of a general sense and then the the villains are just like these people who have his tools you know and whatnot but the 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 main antagonist of the story so far who who basically gets introduced in the fourth and fifth episode is top tier like his name David that was that that was that was I don't know how to say his name, but he played Professor Lupin in Harry Potter series, and uh, he was he was he's very good in, in both both roles. As a speaking of tools, as a tool salesman, can you relate to the characters in this show, um, or is it not the same type of thing? I can relate to the, all the characters that don't sleep well because he's, the God of Dreams has been gone. <laughs> oh, there you um, go. And also Patton Oswalt plays... I know, I, that was the first thing I saw scrolling down here. So um, the Dream the dream King, uh, Morbius is his name. Uh, <laughs> no! It is. Oh, um, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, he, has a, he has a pet raven, essentially, that, that comes out to aid him and, and whatnot, and it's played by Patton Oswalt, and he's the, he's the of course. comedic... I mean, why not? Yeah, he's, he's the the comedic relief that the show desperately needs it. It's a very dark, very intense show. Uh, the main character is a very monotone, like even keeled, like s- very serious person. And so it, it needed that little personality from Patton Oswalt to, to really pull it together. So um, he was a, he was a very good choice. I think he had something to do with the production team as well. Yeah. He was um, part of the producers as well. So uh, one of the minds behind it, but yeah, I think I think it's worth it. It's worth a look, even if you don't like enjoy the story all that much. the The way it looks is is worth it. Yeah, just from like watch, just from the trailer here, it looks pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I, it, I brought up the um, Disney Plus show CGI. I feel like that is something that's sorely lacking, and it kind of gets worse with every single one they put out. Yeah, the, it's just like the even the Hawkeye one with all that like purple goop and stuff it was yeah. just like this th- this yeah. just looks not very like good. wandavision and captain america were pretty high production value i think loki was pretty and good Lo- too. loki was it was doing its own thing and it's own, it had its own style um like i think yeah the um i think it's like the third episode where they're trying to escape that one planet i'm not being nearly specific enough here but you probably know what i'm talking no i know about. the train Yes, that like final scene that was all like one take with them running through. That mm-hmm. was really really impressive. It was good. No, yeah, they blew the Disney Plus budget on all that. Yeah, they only have so much to spread around here. It sounds like they blew a lot of that budget on Andor too. Uh, Apparently, Andor is going to look awesome. 
I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's Sandman. I think it, you should check it out. Um, it's really good. There's a lot of episodes too. It's, I'm, I don't think I'm even halfway through it. Um, the one thing I will say is I'm pretty conflicted on the main character's actor. I'm not like sure how I feel about Tom Sturridge. Tom. I think his, I think he's got a perfect voice for it. He sounds awesome. It's very low, like deep, like intimidating voice. Um, I just don't know how I feel about him in every, I, I mean, I go back and forth between like thinking he's awesome and thinking he's not that great, you know? Yeah. So maybe th- that might be just be the character as a whole. And maybe just cause I think his hair is stupid, but yeah, <laughs> that'll turn it off for you. <laughs> True. But yeah, that's uh that's Sandman. Um, I think you should check it out. Cool. Maybe I will. Maybe you won't. We'll see. Maybe you'll check it out in like six months. Okay, cool. Sorry. You want to wrap us up? Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, If you enjoyed the podcast, go hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at WaywaPod. And tune in next time. We'll see you then. Bye.